gua Huh? Oh, uh, are you counting down? Um, hi. Um, welcome uh, to Material. Welcome to Material. A podcast about oh, no. um, um, uh, what? What do we? Do? Oh, oh, oh uh, hey, I'm sorry, Andy. Russell. I feel like. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought normally like this. No, no you, you go ahead. There's, there's some kind no. of thing, and then a thing, and then I say hello, and you say howdy, doody. I'm, I'm lost. I'm very lost. Something's different That's this fine. week. Usually, usually the only remarks I have to prepare are hi. And yeah. just wait for the rest of the intro. I, I, I normally spend the, the first two minutes trying to think of something really intelligent to say, and then I just say hello. Hmm. Hmm. That's fine. Okay, so, so I guess the, the opening statement for everybody is that, no, last week was not a joke. It wasn't a really complicated little bit of uh, Harlequin uh, uh, portance gone. You know, uh, she, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Yasmin really is gone. Or rather, she is gone in the fact that she has left and is going to the San Francisco Bay Area. She's taking that job at Google. Uh, both Russell and I uh, tried ways of undermining her. Uh, but no go. The st- they're still really, really thrilled to have her, uh, and so it looks like that. Uh, how how have you been adjusting, Russell? I've been trying to do this thing, Andy, where I try and just pretend I don't know who Yasmin is. And people are like, "Oh, congratulations about Yasmin," and I'm like, "Who? Who? Are you? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't don't remember there ever being a Yasmin." But I got to tell you, it hasn't worked. <laughs> um, I thought it would. I honestly thought psychologically that was the best way to get over it. Just pretend she never existed, but. It turns out I couldn't, and also a lot of our listeners have been writing in with congratulations and, you know, no pressure, Andy, but they're saying they're super interested to see where we take the show from here. And, I mean, this this episode right here is where we get to prove to our listeners that, you know, it's worth hanging around and we're still cool people, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, you start, like like any Titanic change, you start off with some. Uh, we Russell and I have made some basic changes. It's not like we've, we've been sitting on our hands here. Uh, we decided that... We are going to continue to do the show. So the binary yes or no, yes, continue the show. Uh, we have started the selection process of finding a uh, third co-host. Uh, and I, I think we've done really, really well because we have eliminated no fewer than 3.6 billion people uh, from the list of potential candidates uh, in the sense that, uh, A, we are both very much in agreement that this should not be a show in which <laughs> I, I don't I, I, I don't mean to slander white dudes uh, who are nerds and talk about technology. I am a white dude. Uh, I'm one of the best friends I have. Uh, it's fine. But there, there are a lot of shows and tech shows in which it's just all white dudes. So we want to make sure it's not just three dudes again. Uh, so that means that, again, out of seven point something billion possible candidates, that's 3.5, 3.6 right off the top. Um, we're going to have to continue to narrow that. Uh, I think you're, the, you're probably better than the, – The next thing we did, Andy, Andy, is we realized that this should probably stay an English-speaking podcast. So we thought about – transferring to spanish or italian or maybe even like greek or something like that i was i was willing to learn like a different language but then we thought no it doesn't matter if english is not your first language but english has to be one of your languages so i think that probably narrows out another two billion people i think we're only down to like about one billion now we should be good well if you recall i was i'm I'm going along with that but uh, only until we get the final data back on uh if there are people uh in uh, like for instance the asian steps uh, who uh, buy a lot of like website hosting services, uh, uh, fix your own meals, thinking about the sponsor, uh, yes, mail or mattresses. I like this. I like this. It's, we, might, we might try to be more demographically focused. I'm willing to learn uh, like uh, Tuvan throat singing if it will mean you know a few extra coppers in the pot uh, on a monthly basis. But yeah, it really, it really is one, one, one foot in front of the other from this point onward, isn't it? We're probably going to we're probably going to wobble for the next three or four weeks while we 
try to fight try to redefine life without yasmine and i i want you to imagine as a listener you're sitting there and you're thinking you know what's this going to be like without yasmine i want to put it to you that if this particular episode was amazing then all it would prove is that we didn't really need yasmine i think we're going to find out otherwise and i think that's a good thing it means we had you know 89 shows with a, a really good crew and now we're going to try and find a replacement and it's going to take a few shows and that's i think that's fine i think if it was an instant transition and you know someone amazing came along and this show was suddenly infinitely better then that would be a really bad reflection on probably us and yasmine as well i would say so now is this uh, i just suddenly occurred to me is this going to be kind of like uh like the, uh, the fifa venue selection committee or like the olympic venue committee where we get wined and dined and taken out and get low interest like land property loans while people venue compete for the for the contract of the third seat I mean, nominally, we're looking for someone who's a real fan of Android, who's, you know, really into it, who knows it maybe even from a, the developer side of things or from, you know, the, the user side of things. But if a truck full of money, you know, turned up to my house with a nice, you know, <laughs> cake that said, hey, no pressure, Russell, but, you know, this truck of money is for you and I don't want you to think it influences your decision in any way, shape or form, but it's from this person, then I don't know, Andy, I'd, I'd have to consider that. I'd, I'd like to think that wouldn't affect my judgment. So if anyone out there wants to send me a truck of money, I, th- I think that's okay. I think it's it's ethically above board, is it not? You see, we, we've we've already like had we've already had this this line like to dividing the two of us. First, it was like Yasmin who who who's planted her flag in the field of I will make sure that the things that I want are communicated really really clearly. <laughs> I'm going to start off with a bur- free burrito and then trade up from there until I get to a career for a career at Google. I was willing to like just sort of like let that lie fallow, but now here you are jumping in to say that I want I want to be now the person who gets to who who gets to you know, ask for free things all the time. Well, you, you got to get in there first, Andy, because I, I saw all the things Yasmin got, and there's, there's some cool things coming her way. And I figure if this is the kind of power this show has, then what if that power isn't limited to Yasmin, Andy? What if it's what if it's actually like still vested in the show? Do, do you know what I'm saying? What, what if we still have that power? Mm, so we're no we're we're less the hosts of it than the host organisms. You're saying exactly, exactly. We can't explain it. You know, I don't want to get spiritual on you, but there's something here. Maybe maybe we should just exploit that for all it's worth. I won't, I know all about being exploited. We can do that. <laughs> Speaking of Andy, we did have someone write into us. You've been complaining about not getting the Google Assistant um, on your phone. It's apparently meant to come as an update to Google Play services. I don't know how well connected this person is, so I'm just going to take them at their word. But they said it's currently only for beta testers, Andy. So it's not even a stage rollout. You just it's currently not available. So unless you're on the the beta train, you're not going to be getting any Google Assistant to your 5x in the in the short term. Now, how long can we play the, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, that is a mistake, a silly mistake I made, but we were just so upset about learning about losing Yasmin. <laughs> can, can we ride that for another couple of shows? Oh, look, if, I, if, if, yes, if, if so, like we spent, I spent a lot, more t- a lot more time than necessary preparing the show doc for today. So. <laughs> what, that news story was fake? We're so sorry, but, you know, Yasmin normally would have picked <laughs> yeah. that stuff up, but, you know, it gets through. What can you do? What can you do? Mm. <laughs> I, I, you know, I seriously am bummed. It's, it is going to take a while for us to regain our sense of Elon. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, but my Elon is is very dampened at this point. It has nothing to do with the hurricane style blizzard that was hitting the northeast today. It is super hot here. That's the weird part. But there is a certain dynamic to having three people that disappears. I think when you have two. So when we get back to three, you know, hopefully fairly soon. I think I think we'll get back on the train. What's what's okay. the uh, I'm trying to think? What's a good saying, Andy? It's not none of us is as dumb as all of us. It's we're all smarter together or something. Hmm. Hmm. Three of us trying to each get our hands in the till. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, the only the only the only witty and wise saying that's coming to mind right now is that now, now remember, Andy, they're allowed. They they uh, they can kill you, but they're not allowed to eat you. Yes, I'm pretty which I, sure. Which that's, I thought, uh, which I thought was somewhere. very, very inspirational because I've interpreted that to mean that even in the worst case scenario, it's not the worst case scenario. I mean, there there are people who will kill you, but it really is frowned upon if they then eat you. That's that's like crossing a line that they're not willing to cross. I, I mean, I agree. I agree completely. So, speaking of quotes, Andy, I have one for you, and this, this one is quite um, apt. So. We, we tried to invite someone on the show this week. We thought, you know, start off, we'll, we'll try and test out some new co-hosts. We'll see what works. We'll see what doesn't work. And it turns out they can't be on the show this week because they're in San Francisco and they don't live in San Francisco. And I'm like, not again. You, you can't do this to me again. Just tell me you're not applying for like a job at Google. And, and she said, no, no, it's okay. Like I'm not, I'm not here for a job at Google. And it reminded me of, you know, there's that George Bush saying. It says there's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says fool me once, shame on Shame on you, Andy. Fool me, you, you can't get fooled again. So I think that's that's a really good quote that I could apply to this that says, no, just make sure it's not a job at Google. I found out it's not a job at Google, so I think we're good to go. Hopefully she's she's on next week, which is super exciting. I won't, I won't tell you a name. We'll build some suspense. Why the heck not? Okay. But see, this the, we, we have been talking about people we'd love to like have a have on the show, even like just once. And if any of these people like decide they want to spend part of their Hope, I hope they. I hope that they're available for Tuesdays. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice to keep my Tuesday schedule. But yeah, so it's 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 going to be fun. It's sort of. <laughs> I don't, oh god, I just I just have this this mental image of uh, uh, the 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 Festrunk brothers and Saturday Night Live saying, <laughs> preparing preparing. I love we've got that we've got our date coming over today. <laughs> we, we've we've got to make sure we vacuum. It's like yeah, no, it's. We're we're not the odd couple here. It's going to be. <laughs> you you know what else is still super exciting, Andy? Is that the sponsors are still on board? They obviously haven't got wind of what's happened, and why should they? Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this particular now, sponsors episode... sponsors we 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 are we are devoted to you, but you realize that in your contract we were, we didn't actually specify that Yasmin would be part of the show indefinitely. So that really is on you. I mean, it's almost like you were subconsciously you wanted to be duped into supporting a show with the two less interesting hosts intact. So we can ride that for, i got a couple of months of ad sales before the word starts to <laughs> before spread. Before they That's- see their graphs trending down, they're like, well, what is going on here? But So what we need you to do, listeners, is if you've been thinking about you know supporting any of these sponsors and you're like, I'd really like to see where the show goes. You know, I'm going to put my money into these two guys and see, see what crazy things they do, see who else comes on the show. Well, one of the people you can support is Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects that you can set up in just seconds. They have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources and Linux distro, uh, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plans start at just $5 a month. So just $5 a month, listeners, is all it takes to get a Linux server in the cloud with one gig of RAM. Um, and you might be thinking, oh, what are some of the things I get? Well, you get industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, Intel E5 processors, access to a 40-gigabit network. Uh, you get to choose uh, one of nine different sort of data centers you can put your stuff in. They've got an API. Um, They've got super simple simple scaling. You know, just click a few buttons, your server gets bigger, your server gets smaller. Whatever you need, it's in there. It's all manageable via a command line or via the web interface if you prefer. And their pricing tiers feature hourly billing. So if halfway through a month you decide, I don't need this particular server, uh, you can turn it off, you can shut it down, and you can get, you know, you don't have to pay for the second half of that month. That's that's really cool. As a listener of the show, if you sign up at linode.com slash material, L-I-N-O-D-E.com slash material, you're not only be supporting us, but you get $20 towards your first Linode plan. 
and you also get a seven-day money-back guarantee. So literally nothing to lose here. Go to linode.com slash material to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or if you're already at checkout, and I hope you are, you got so excited, you're like, I have to support the show, what am I going to do? Material2017 is the code you can use at checkout. So we want to thank Linode so much for sticking with us and supporting all of Real AFM as well. <laughs> yes, thank you to all of our sponsors. We're not gonna we're not gonna say that anything can uh, replace the void that uh, has been left behind in our hearts with the removal of Yasmin. But the things that we buy with the money that sponsors give, it'll it'll spackle it nicely. It'll be you know it'll at least keep the wind from from the chill from coming in. Now uh, it's not all bad news uh, this week. Uh, really good news for anybody who is a robot. Uh, who has thought that, gosh, it's just a matter of time before websites catch me out and then we have to move to phase seven of the plan. Uh, Google has killed the CAPTCHA system. That is that to prove prove that I'm not a bot, that thing where you get the wavy text that you have to type that apparently only a human being has the intelligent and the insight uh, to be able to read this correctly and then put it in. Uh, it turns out that, yeah, not quite so much successful at uh, preventing uh, scripts from uh, accessing websites and setting up accounts and, and posting things to, to websites. Uh, Google demonstrated that, yeah, here's at least one system that we put together that can easily defeat this every time. Uh, so they have replaced it, actually, with something that is, <laughs> as, as in keeping with the Google motto, which is incredibly cool. And just a little bit creepy. Uh, it can basically by the time it's uh, by the time a website has uh, entered a situation where it would throw up a captcha and have you type in stuff, it has spent that time observing how you are interacting with the site. Meaning, how uh, how how much is the mouse moving? When is it moving? Uh, are you have has something been resized? Has something been scrolled? And in most cases, it can say, you know what, this this is just human enough that we'll just say, oh, by the way, no, no need to prove anything. We've proven it. And if you're a little, still a little bit on the fence, then you'll still see a captcha. So uh, part of part of the the fun and creepiness is that uh, it's not just the metrics of just random person operating the computer. They say that they also because it's Google and they know you already. They say that, yeah, that's that's definitely the way. That's definitely the that's definitely the the mouse movement of a man who is holding a diet coke in one hand and holding it slightly away from the screen because he already killed one computer with one while he's trying to find the remote with his free pinky. Like, oh well, thank you for not having me try to read this text, but I, it kind of scares me that you know me well enough that you don't even. Okay, no, fine, no, you're you're wonderful, Google. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Google. Don't hurt me, Google. Oh, this this has been a theme of our show, Andy, from almost episode one. We talk about that Google is such an amazing company and they often get right to the line of, you know, is this is this creepy <laughs> or is this cool? Like I can't decide. It is amazingly cool that we don't have to squint at those stupid little – I've lost count of how many times I've been on like one of those capture sites that I'm like, I don't even know what that says. Like the text is all wavy. There's lines through it. It's on an <laughs> angle. There's there's two words. Do I type in two words? And the the fact that they can get rid of that and be like, you know what, we just know. We know whether you're human or not. We, we know exactly the kind of behavior humans get. Heck, we probably even, you know, have you logged into our various services and we can tell you that you're actually logged in or whatever. That's that's right on that line. of I think it, it is on the cool side for me because this is a huge problem on the internet. You know, if you build any sort of web form that, you know, is for voting or is for not obviously not election voting but other sort of voting and other stuff like that, it is really annoying to have a bunch of bots come in and, you know, fill in that form. I used to work as an enterprise web developer and this is something we spend a lot of time on. We're like the last thing we need is a database, you know, flooded full of fake entries and all this <laughs> other stuff. So the fact that this could get way better, um, I'm willing to hand, you know, my JavaScript over to Google and be like, load whatever you want just as long as only humans can access this page, I'm, I'm happy. 
Yeah. I always wondered how uh, if part of CAPTCHA is that it actually it actually doesn't know what one of those words is. It's just that in one of those <laughs> Google Books projects where you know they just dump an entire college library into a big hopper and just scan all these. We have no idea what this word is. Maybe if 18 people <laughs> look at that in a CAPTCHA and agree on what it is, we can surreptitiously get humans to for free do proofreading on our scans. I would I would not even be disappointed if they were actually doing that. Well, I don't know if you remember, this is the original way CAPTCHA was defeated. So when it first came out, it was a big deal. Like the bots couldn't get past it and a whole bunch of spammers are like, what do we do now? And they realized that where do a lot of people on the internet like to go? They like to go to certain adult websites and they're like, what can we do? <laughs> they're like, we can actually put up exactly the same captures. We can get people to solve them because, you know, they have a need to get somewhere quickly. They, they did solve them and that's one of the original ways, you know, the capture was actually defeated is people would actually type it into those sites. They'd be like, sweet, we know what that image means now. The next time we, one of our bots <laughs> sees that image, we know exactly what to type in the box. And that's, that's why the system has been constantly evolving because the people that have a financial need to, you know, get around it are, are always going to try and, you know, beat them to the other side that's i i always i i hate people who are trying to do nasty things and exploitive <laughs> things on the web but come on aren't there so many times you're like oh that is such a clever solution <laughs> it's like i if, if i were grading test papers i would say oh you not only did you get an a i am giving you a provisional half a grade boost on whatever the next thing is i did not think that any of my students would come up with something as clever as that i would not have come up with that <laughs> that's one it's of the like, things I love about hacking is you people often picture in the movies there's you know some guy or girl sitting at the computer just mashing the keyboard really hard you know they're down, downing red bulls or whatever in real life the hacking is not like that you just have to figure out some sort of social engineering thing to be like right obviously I could spend ages writing an algorithm to defeat this or you know I could call up the company and be like hi I'm Bob from like IT support can I have your email and password and five times out of ten people would be like yeah sure Bob like here's my email here's my password like thanks for fixing this for me <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that was one of the things I came down here. I mean, I'm in Atlantic City right now. I came down to uh, give a talk, and one of the things I was here to talk about is uh, uh, I don't think it's so hard to wasn't it quaint when we used to call things hacking when even though it included like things that were not illegal, but the idea of it basically the topic was basically all the threats that are possible that could hit your your hardware and stuff. And I had to have a little t long talk about how, yeah, I know that someone with a, big, a lot of Twitter followers said something about how a, you know, a hack could be uh, – email hacks could have been done by a 400-pound guy in someone's basement on a, sitting on his bed. And it's not, it's not Matthew Broderick. It's simple <laughs> simple things. Like I was, I was explaining to them that if one of the things that they want you want to do if you're trying to prevent your data from being compromised is you should like call your call your bank and make sure you have it put in your file that no, under no circumstances are you to give out my account information to me or my husband or my wife or or whatever. Because it really is that simple. You could either be again like the the war games like super hacker. I've got the weird metal like rings on my fingers, and I'm pl I'm playing the speed metal through my vintage headphones. While oh I'm through their firewall. Ooh, I've broken their encryption. <laughs> or you can or you can just like pick up a telephone, and because I'm in a hotel room, this is. No joke, like the first time in a long time I've held an actual phone in and my hand. It's an quite exciting. physical telephone. It's one of the old cream ones as well. That's that's old school. And I've probably also exposed myself to God knows what diseases because this Don't is a hotel. It's a toilet. nice hotel. That's, but, that's my advice. Right, Unless exactly. the seat is heated, then Yasmin, I think, would approve of you touching the phone. 
Someone, someone has a phone handset fetish. They've been just like, oh, rub my bum with the handset. I don't care. Then put it back in. Uh, in, in the handset, that is. But <laughs> yeah, it's like, hi. Oh, hi. Is this the best? Oh, I'm, hi. Uh, my what? We just moved into town, and my wife handled all the, fa- all the finances, and she, she just spent like all day with, uh, with like your people yesterday setting up the accounts, and she wrote all the information down on a piece of paper. All I'm supposed to do is like have a meeting with our lawyer to make sure in our account they have it. And oh, God, I lost it. And she's out. She's uh, gone for, we've gone in her office the entire day and if I don't get this done um, this isn't the first thing I've screwed up um, so I, I'm sorry I don't have the password to uh, to the online banking so uh, can you I can prove who I am I've got the I got my address I can spell my last name like oh, sir 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 oh, believe me you don't be embarrassed this is so this is so not a problem you'd be surprised how many times I have to read I have to give people sensitive financial passwords and information <laughs> over the phone because I got a call from someone that they have and so that that really is like the way these things work. So <laughs> it's like I, I would like to maintain this idea that you know when I was a little kid and before I'd really gotten the idea of right and wrong and before the legal system had figured out that something should be illegal. <laughs> that I like to think, oh yes, he was a super intense like savant, <laughs> as opposed to no, he just guessed passwords and because he was 14 years old and largely unsupervised a couple of days out of the week he could sit there and try 300 passwords he methodically wrote onto a list before he found three that worked <laughs> that used to be um we we took a course i remember in computer security once you know as part of my work and i remember a, a researcher came in and he's like here's here's the current sort of findings as we have them that that the current thinking in it back then was you got to make passwords long you got to make them really hard to guess you got to you know change them every three weeks it used to be like a windows uh, security setting that you set basically make people change passwords every four weeks and all that would happen he's like we went into these businesses we had a look the first thing we did is we flipped over <laughs> their keyboards and, you know, under one in every two keyboards was the, the current password for the month because you'd put such a burden on people to remember this stuff that they're just like, I give up. Like, I'm not going to be able to remember yeah. a new password every week. I'm just going to write it on the bottom of my keyboard, you know, who's who's going to find it in there? So there's there's a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But That's why I hope that this this uh, research into, like, new automated CAPTCHA, that, that's, that they've been, there have been a lot of groups who have been pursuing those kind of unknown metrics to – again, I, I can be uniquely identified by here is how I hold the phone. Here is when I take the phone out of sleep. I tend to tilt it a little bit like this, and because I'm nearsighted as opposed to farsighted, I will then – impose a certain move like this so I can see it a little bit more clearly and then it's looking for if it's looking to get a score of 100 points of behaviors that it recognizes as Andy Anatko waking up a phone once it gets to 98 99 like hey nope we'll unlock you I don't I don't think that anybody could fake such a such a complex sequence of uh, of accelerometer and gravitometer uh, moves in that because I mean they're absolutely right it's like the reason why passwords fail is because Users hate passwords, and the people who are responsible for uh, mandating passwords also know that at least a third of their job is going to be saying, "Okay, that's that's fine, uh, Mr. Terwilliger. I've uh, just reset your password. You should be receiving an email. <laughs> if you just click that link, you'll be able to type in a new password." Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not, this is a, this is a story that I flagged a few weeks ago. Uh, I got a lot of traction. Uh, a someone a, a Lao Shi. Uh, identified only as a Huawei ex- executive, uh, posted on his personal Weibo page that it's not necessary for an Android phone to have more than four gigabytes of application RAM, and that six or eight gigabytes, like eight, uh, the uh, Ace, the up- upcoming uh, Asus AR phone has eight gigabytes. Uh, that's uh, these are just f- uh, psychological comfort, and it's kind of like how. 
uh, <laughs> all, all kinds of PC manufacturers used to just just let us have a process. Uh, let's have a processor speed that's higher than the other one because they're they're just going to be looking at things on a on a table. Uh, and no wonder why he was uh, decided to make that comment then and there because of course it was a lead up to Mobile World Congress and. All you want to know is uh, there were five really, really similar <laughs> large-ish phones with good cameras, great screens, and you really want to be able to say that my phone is better than someone else's. Uh, and so uh, he says that uh, optimizing the operating system is more valuable. And then uh, to cite as an example, he points to how little uh, system memory is uh, on an iPhone. Uh, and uh, it has to be said that that's a special case, of course, because Apple has super, super tight integration between the hardware and the operating system and the developer APIs. But I really wanted like I really wanted to ask you, Russell, like how do you feel about this? I, I have to say that I am prejudiced. I, I, I certainly don't think that having extra RAM will slow down a phone. And I feel as though the only thing I would love to upgrade about my Nexus 5X is uh, increase it from two gigs of RAM to four. Uh, and if I'm wrong about how much RAM it has, again, we're still we're still in shock over yes. <laughs> again, remember we can play that card for another couple of weeks at least. Um, but I, I, I guess I've never developed Android software, so I don't know how much RAM you really really need. Am I just sort of <laughs> consoling myself with extra RAM that never gets used? Uh, there's you'd be surprised, Andy. There's there's a sweet spot, of course, and uh, it's the interesting thing because I develop on both the iOS and Android side of the world. I can tell you that for a while, the whole Apple doesn't need more RAM thing was just a marketing thing. It, it proved that you know they had five twelve gig of RAM in the I think the iPad two and those generation of devices. It wasn't enough. Like apps were getting constantly sort of booted out of the RAM. You know things would crash. Like, but just the amount of out of memory errors you saw, like as a developer, was astounding. And all that would happen is people would open a few apps. You know the OS would try and keep those in memory and. And one by one, they'd all have to get ejected. And sometimes even the primary app, which is in the foreground, which would only need, I don't know, let's say 60 meg of RAM or 70 or 80, and it would run out of RAM in the system and be like, ah, oh, I've got to clean stuff up. So that was definitely too little, right? And I think for a while Apple was trying to say, you know, we're superior at engineering and you don't need that much RAM. So <laughs> it turns out you need more than that. So you need more than 512. Um, these days I think iPhone ship with 2 gig, 1 gig, somewhere around there. We'll have to check that figure. I might even try and put it in the show notes. But uh, Andy knows. I was I was trying to give you a subtle signal that while you're talking, I'm going to go and Google uh, that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And either and either say I've Googled that or pretend that I knew it all along. I was waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Again, on, our our Elon is slightly dampened. We're a little bit off, dear listeners. <laughs> so on, on Android, the situation has always been slightly different. And people misunderstand this a lot. People are familiar with Java sort of running in a Java virtual machine on a server. And they're like, Java needs tons of RAM, need 32 gigabytes. To, and that's true of server, server-based you know, Java stuff. You need a lot of RAM if you want to make it run nicely. Um, the stuff that runs on your Android phone is very different. You know, it, it gets compiled, all sorts of other stuff sort of happens to it. It gets optimized. It's not exactly the same as server code. So it, I don't particularly think it needs 8 gig of RAM. In fact, if anything, the Google OS needs a bit of optimization. So there are a lot of sort of pain points around loading bitmaps, for example, because they allocate different portions of the RAM for different things and not to get too technical but you know there's an allocation for this type of thing so if you're loading images that goes into this particular allocation bucket if you're doing something else that goes into this one and the one that's always running low is the the one to do with bitmaps you know you're trying to load big images and the big image won't fit into the phone's memory and the phone goes boom and the phone might actually have you know two gig or four gig of RAM but if it's only allocated you know 200 meg to load images into then if that's the thing your app really wants to do then you kind of you know you're stuffed and I think the sweet spot at the moment is probably about you know two to four i think anything under two and you really have to optimize the heck out of the operating mm -hmm. system out of your application anything over two and the amount of ram your application can use no longer matters like it's it does start to become like a benchmark because 
you know, an app like Pocket Casts, when it's running, sort of, you know, doing a lot, a lot of stuff, might use 100 meg of RAM. And that's a lot, you know, 10 years ago. These days it's not, you know, you can write a, a fairly sort of optimized app and 100 meg is is not that much to be using, you know. And if you think about all the different apps you have on your phone and how many of them actually have to be running simultaneously, then keeping them in RAM is not really super necessary. And the other side of things that people often forget is the more RAM you put into a phone, the more power you have to keep to that mm. RAM. Because you imagine anything that's in RAM is not, once you turn off the power to RAM, everything in it is gone. And so you constantly have to keep like a some kind of base level of power going into the RAM chips. And the more of those you have, you know, the more power they're going to draw. And so I think... As much as I know, you know, he's saying this because Huawei only has four gig and the competitors have six and eight and that does look bad on paper. I think he's actually right. It's kind of like the megapixel war. At some point, it's like you, you don't need to keep going. All you do is you yeah. get specs on a yeah, At some point, sheet. we realized that the differences between uh, eight megapixels and 12 megapixels weren't great. And in many cases, you would see like a 20 megapixel phone, but it was a terrible 20 megapixels. And you can't even really notice it anyway. Um, but yes, I, I seem to have just remembered, thanks to <laughs> thanks to Google, the Google search is a really wonderful feature where it says, oh, he wants to, he doesn't, I can be useful by plugging out the, the actual paragraph in which it says this. Uh, so here is a paragraph that says that uh, the iPhone 7 has three gigs of RAM, which is an increase over the two gigs that was in the yep. iPhone 6S plus last week uh, last time um so but it, what what if what if you don't have the stellar programming crack stellar programming staff of uh, of shifty jelly like if you're a really bad sloppy programmer does does the api and the operating system make sure that you don't it doesn't uh, it, it patches memory leaks and that no matter how much an app uh, doesn't try to optimize resources the os won't let it squander resources yeah the at, at a super simple level and i know this is oversimplifying it for people that know all about this stuff oh, but please for me oversimplify <laughs> even before even before I, I lost the yasmine in my in my light in, in my life i was about I, I could walk on level ground as opposed to walk, send me walking uphill and i'll wait for a bus but the the oversimplified version is that in theory your app is sandboxed off from the rest of the phone and your app can have huge memory leaks and it. it's actually memory leaks are way more common than people think especially in apps because the kind of testing people typically do is you open the app you might perform a bunch of tests you might run it for 15 minutes and then you home button out and then from there as a developer in most cases you're like oh what do i care what happens after that like and all that happens is the os looks at your app and it's like hey uh, you seem to be, you know, hitting some RAM limits and it sends you a few warnings normally. It's like, hey, you're reaching the limit. If you've got stuff you can eject, like do it now. And if you don't, it just kills off your app. It's like, yeah, whatever. You're in the background. You don't need to stay around, you know, bye-bye. And often as a user, all that you notice, for example, on iOS is when you launch the app, you'll see the splash screen again. And that's just an indication that, you know, this app was booted out of RAM and now it's back in there. And on Android, it's a little bit similar. The concept of splash screens obviously isn't as, as prevalent, but it's the same sort of idea. So, you can have a really monstrous app that takes, you know, tons of memory and all that will happen is when you home button out of that app, Android will be like, you know, bye-bye app that's taking too much memory or in the very worst case, and I haven't seen this super often, if if it actually runs out of memory while it's in the foreground, it'll just quit it and say, hey, this app has has stopped, you know, do you want to relaunch it? So it's not it's not a huge deal. I think even if you write the most unoptimized apps in the world, they'll probably run fine on like a, a two gig or a four gig phone. But I think the one thing you always have to be careful of is we look at, all computers in history right and we there were times where we like 200 meg hard drive is all you're going to need what, what are you going to put on a 200 meg hard drive that's going to fill it up so 10 years from now of course we're going to have whatever devices we're carrying with tons more ram than they have now and they'll be doing cooler things you know they might be doing ar vr i don't know audio processing there there are tons of things that visual processing as well needs tons of ram so 
if you if you can get it to the point where there's more RAM and the operating system can use it efficiently and it can give it to the applications, then maybe you know you can enable some cool stuff. So I don't think we should be all like, no, nah, the buck stops at two gig and we should never have you know more than two gig. Well, ha- having just packed for what was going to be only two nights, <laughs> I, I, I understand the concept of. I can. I know that I, I, I've packed everything I need, but there's room in the suitcase for other things that I might need. And then you can't show, close the suitcase because he said, "What if I? Cha- what if I have an extra change of pants? And what if I take the good suit jacket <laughs> instead of just doing it in my shirt sleeves?" Yeah. So, hopefully, I, 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 I would be very, very pleased if uh, the Android operating system is kind of like. Uh, my benevolent mother <laughs> saying, you're not taking that. You don't need that. No, 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 no. Look, no, I said, you can take your backpack. You can take your lunchbox, but that's all you're taking on this vacation. You can't, you know, no, you're not taking this bag. <laughs> exactly, Andy, exactly. Um, I have to tell you something interesting happened to me this week. So I actually switched phones. I didn't, I didn't want to tell you this ahead of the show. I wanted it to be a surprise. And I, you see, up is down, black and white, black is white. Cats are living with hamsters. Bedlam. Exactly. I switched, Andy, from a black pixel to a white pixel. Yeah, that, that's how trendy <laughs> I am. I now have a day phone and a night phone. I don't know how many of you get that reference. But I, I did. <laughs> I, I may have gotten this phone for free you know, from the nice people at Google. It was really nice to them. Um, they, they gave it to us to test you know, something on. I thought that was super nice of them. This one wasn't as scratched up as my black phone. I had tried to do the whole... I don't want a case thing, you know, phones are better in cases and yeah. scratch down the screen, scratch on the top, scratch on the bottom. And as I was setting this up, Andy, I, I'm reminded, you know, in various sort of Slack groups and things that the Pixel is still really hard for people to get. You know, it's out of stock in a yeah. lot of stores in the US. Um, I have two developers who I just met who came to Australia, they came to Sydney to do some development and they're like, the first thing we did is we went to a Telstra store and we bought two Pixels. I'm like, why not did you do that? Like the exchange rate and everything else. They're like, no, 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 no. We can't get them like where we're from. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, okay. And I noticed, Andy, just by coincidence, you dropped a, a thing into our show notes just about the shortages of the Pixel 2. Oh, sorry, yeah, of the Pixel uh, think, and the upcoming Pixel 2. Yeah, I don't. I have not reviewed the Pixel yet because um, I first I was waiting for a slot. I, I try not to get loaner hardware until I know the date in which I can do it, and I was waiting for that. And now, even even through the, my press contacts, it's really hard to get a Pixel because they naturally the first the first rush of coverage is over, and if they have a Pixel, they would like it to be they would like it to be sold to someone who's been waiting for four months to buy one, uh, as opposed to someone who's going to use it for a month, have it on a shelf for three months, and then send it back at the end of the term. So yeah, I'm kind of and now we're probably at the time where it's like, well, I'm sort of looking forward to the next one instead of <laughs> trying to review the old one. Uh, but yeah, Rick Osterloh, a name that is familiar to everybody who listens to the show, former head of hardware at Motorola, now head of hardware at Google. Uh, did have like a roundtable uh, uh, interview with a, a bunch of journalists uh, a couple weeks ago. And, of course, they were talking to him a lot about uh, Pixels old and new. Uh, the uh, mentioned that the Pixel version 1 is in what was, what was described as permanent short supply due to some sort of bottleneck that was not named. Uh, so that suggests that the the implication, and this was, there were a lot of people at that roundtable that sort of was echoing the same thing in little, slightly different terms. And the implication I got was that whether it's a, sh- a shortage of uh, component parts that are that are now hard to find, where they bought they thought they bought enough, but they didn't, and now they can't get any, any more of them, or whether it's that they know that if they ramp they can't ramp up for another production run because they know that they've got another pixel coming up at the end of the year, and what's the point? Uh, I don't know what that is, but it means that if at this point you don't <laughs> you don't have a pixel, you may be 
roll over the money into <laughs> into uh, <laughs> next season's phone. Uh, Osterlo did confirm that yes, there is definitely going to be another Pixel uh, later this later this year. He said, "quote You can count on a successor this year." Uh, and someone also asked, "What's uh, what's the pricing going to be?" And uh, the quote there is, "Pixel stays premium." So it's not going to be like we like we the luxury we had in the in the Nexus line where one year they, there might be like a six hundred dollar sort of iPhone or Galaxy uh, grade luxury phone, but then the next year it would be made by a different manufacturer and you'd get the Nexus Five X, which. Uh, I still love, 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 and I just don't have any need to to upgrade right now because it just it's it's like that at this point it's like that lovely like mid range fleet car that's now six years old. Of course, it's only two years old in my case. That has its dents and now it has it has a few mechanical quirks, but it's basically settled into its life and it knows that it's going to just go on forever, forever, forever until. I drop it into, <laughs> I jump, I get, I get thrown bodily into the pool without taking it out of my out of my pocket. Even then, it will probably still still go on. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so unfortunately uh, they're they're pick, they're uh, positioning the Pixel as a competitor to the iPhone and to the Galaxy. So it will always be a six, seven, eight hundred dollar phone. So don't look for uh, any relief from that next year. Uh, nine I, to five. Google. I do have a oh, really quick point on that, Andy, because I know I have a slightly unpopular opinion about this. It's that I'm really happy that it's staying premium. I think it's the right thing for for Google to do from a brand point of view because if they're trying to say Android is, you know, it's really good, it's better than the iPhone. This is this is the phone you want to get. You know, this is all the stuff it comes with. I think that's it's it's a hard sort of branding message to also be like it's the cheapest as well because it's. <laughs> It's just a, a sum of the parts that you put in there. You can make a really amazing phone for $300, and it can actually be a really amazing phone, but you put that phone next to an iPhone that costs you know, $900 or $1,000 here in Australia, and people immediately go, well, it doesn't feel the same. It's a bit plasticky. It's whatever. And I've seen these comparisons so often that someone on the Apple side of the world would be like, I want to try Android. They're like, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. So they'll buy a $200 phone. They'll put it yeah. next to their iPhone. They'll be like, the camera's not as good. The response time's not the same. And I think... Just if you're just considering, you know, Google's point of view that they want to try and push, you know, Android ahead and they want to sort of get out ahead of companies like Samsung and things like that, I think the premium end is the right place for them to be. But I do get the opposite side of the argument. That's like, well, I don't have that much money. And I used to be able to buy really good phones with the stock Android experience for not a lot of money. And I, I do get that people, you know, are going to be sad about that going forward because I bet a lot of people were hoping that this year they would get, you know, the budget phone. Yeah, and to and to be honest, I guess it's not as though having a a, a good three or four hundred dollar phone from Google is necessary anymore. There are a lot of really good phones from other makers that sell unlocked worldwide for three hundred dollars, and they're made out of metal and they've got good cameras and they're really really nice. So I I, I hope they continue the tradition of. Uh, presenting a Google made phone as this is our statement about how good an Android phone can be. And we're also going to, at least uh, the uh, at least for the initial release of this, it's going to have some exclusive features that uh, are twitchy enough that <laughs> engineers inside of Google who know exactly the hardware it's going to run on can make the Google Assistant work. In a few months, we'll be able to fine-tune it so other people can use it, but we'll, we'll make a really good impression out of the gate. They've, it's certainly, I don't, know, I don't know any reviewer or any user who thinks it's, it's terrible. There have been some you know, uh, nitpicking about the design lines of it. Uh, and there's the rumor that uh, it was rushed a little bit in the design part, uh, the physical design department. Uh, that's why I'm really excited to see what happens with the Pixel 2. 
uh, which again, rumors being that this is the one that if they had uh, the, the normal like two year or so design cycle, that this is the sort this is the one that they would have uh, would have designed that way. So yeah, I mean it's nice to have uh, nice to have a flagship phone that really is a flagship, and also I mean, even even uh, even Google uh, and uh, even uh, Apple is. Uh, realizing that now that anybody can make a really good phone for $300, how do you, and every, they're all buying their, their camera components from the same company. So the cameras are uh, never less than very, very good. And certainly within the range of what people are, are really, really happy with, how do you distinguish yourself so that people will continue to buy a new one of your devices every couple of years? And so one of the rumors of the next iPhone is that in addition to their usual lineup, they're going to have something like the, uh, uh, you know how there's the Apple Watch edition where you can get the exact same watch, but now this is in a uh, this is in a ceramic case or this is in a precious metal case. The rumor is that they're going to introduce sort of like a, a iPhone edition uh, model, which is going to which will cost well over a thousand dollars, and it really will be like a piece of Cartier jewelry uh, when you put it on your nightstand uh, as you take a, take your, your your lipstick out of your out of your out of your, uh, out of your wallets and purses and uh, put all your stuff on your dresser as you get undressed at the end of the day. And so that's really the way that Apple is probably going to continue to make uh, at least the most noticeable iPhones successful, that we can basically put $80 worth of materials in it and charge an extra $400. And it will be this beautiful, glorious little jewel sort of item. And I, I, I am, I'm the guy who says that, oh, well, it's nice that you design things to look nice, but most people are going to put it in a case anyway. But when you look at something like the the, the Jet Black uh, iPhones, uh, iPhone 7 Plus, it's boy, is it a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's nice to have beautiful things as part of your daily carry. <laughs> things that you really you really appreciate how, how well these things are put together. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I used to carry the Galaxy S7 Edge. And when that phone first came out, I have to tell you, just holding it, you're like, this is something else. Like, I know that it's breakable. I know that it's got glass on the mm -hmm. back and the, the front. I know that the gl curved glass probably breaks, you know, because you drop it on a corner, it's also broken. But just holding this thing, like wow this this feels like something else and then yep. there is something to that feeling i mean some people buy phones for that reason people buy fancy cars you know for that exact same reason it's not like you know consumerism is is a foreign concept especially in the west like even even in the east like you know people people love nice shiny things you know that that is a lot that's almost ingrained into human beings you know we like to collect shiny stuff and the the more shiny the better so i can i can understand that i gotta get your take on the next one i think you're about to go here um nine to five google says that the next pixel won't have a headphone jack andy we heard this rumor a lot <laughs> in the lead-up to the LG phones and the Samsung phones and various others. So far, I believe only Motorola and maybe one other company has dropped the headphone jack. Do you think this is a good or bad thing, you know, with the Pixel 2, if this does, you know, turn out to be the case? Um, you know, it's not, it's not as bad on the Android side of things. I thought that it wasn't, I didn't think it was a, uh, when the iPhone 7 dropped the, uh, dropped the jack, I didn't think it was a hysterically bad choice. I just thought it was unfortunate, uh, I uh, my as a general policy I think that if a company deletes a feature from a piece of hardware there has to be a transaction there what are you giving you you've basically made this a little bit even a little bit less convenient for me to use but what have you given me in return and uh, Apple just <laughs> as Apple's uh, their their entire big keynote at the iPhone. They of course uh, they knew that a lot of people have been uh, discussing this, and a lot of people were outraged about it. Of course, they've been sort of. I believe that Apple had been orchestrating some leaks 
to make sure that this would not be a bolt out of the blue and people would have the the ability to sort of get used to it. Um, but they, of course, they made you know because here's all the reasons why we deleted the uh, the headphone jack. Do you realize that the headphone jack is uh, it was first invented like 90 years ago, a 90 year old piece of technology, <laughs> and it's, it means you have wires and wires. Oh, it means uh, I've, people don't want to have wires, and uh, we we just decided that we were going to be brave. We're going to have the courage to move the platform forward, and it's like okay, look, if you just all you had to say was that. We get to des- the great thing about our position. Uh, we've been really, really successful in designing these things. People love them. We feel as though we know what our users want. We just don't want to keep having to put in a headphone jack, and we decided not to put in a headphone jack. Done. That's all you need. You didn't even have to go, go that far. But by saying that, like, I'm a fool for we're, we're both wearing wired headphones because <laughs> the damn things work. I know. <laughs> no, so- I have a pair of earpods and I've thought about using them for podcasting. I'm like, you know what? The last thing I need is for one of those to cut out or the battery to die or something right. like that. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, Andy, just have to pause for five minutes while I put these things back <laughs> in the charger. Like, it's, yeah, there's something about the wire that's. You know, it might be a tiny bit inconvenient, but it's it's a known quantity in it, and it works every time. Yeah, and I, every now and then I buy like two or three, maybe once a year I'll buy like two or three like Amazon Basics earbuds, which I really, really like, because one of the features of $10 headphones is that I don't have to remember where I where my wireless headphones are. I have I have, an, I have a, a, pair, a, a pair of uh, Bluetooth earbuds. They're wired, but they're really, really they're small and they're sport sized. Love them, but I have to know exactly where I put them to. Tra- and did I charge them? Did I not charge them? Whereas I literally have a little drawer in this little cabinet that's near the door of the, my, to my house. And so if I pat my pockets and I don't feel the, the like the little mint case that I have my headphones in, I just dip into this thing, take out a pair, jam it in my pocket, I'm out, I'm gone. So yeah, so I, I don't think it was I don't think it was a disaster that this thing doesn't have it. I just wish there had been some sort of transaction on Apple. It was even worse because you don't have the option of buying a different phone that has a headphone jack. Really, this is if you wanted a new phone, this is the phone you get and it doesn't have a headphone jack. Um, so I, the, the only thing that I'm not looking forward to about if uh, the, if the Pixel uh, doesn't have a headphone jack is all the people that were, yeah, uh, let's let's say yeah. let's say the more fanatical <laughs> people who feel as though not only do are they fans of Apple, they have to carry water for Apple, <laughs> saying you see, and you know they deleted the Apple, deleted the headphone, and nothing, nobody cared, nobody noticed. Well, no, they didn't. They noticed. They just didn't decide. I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to switch to Android because I don't want <laughs> the inconvenience of having a different set of headphones. So I just hope that it. I just hope that uh, manufacturers continue to try to make the decisions they think are best for their product, best for the company, best for their users, and not use this as some sort of farcical proof that oh. You know, I couldn't believe our sales went up 800%. They were offended. They were offended (laughs) as though we'd said bad things about their mother and their father and the breed of horse that they, 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 they made love to, to create their son or daughter. Like, no, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a headphone jack. It can be there. It could be not be there. So yeah, I, I I would, I hope that it has it. If it doesn't, okay. Oh, well, Um, we do have a, the other piece of news that came out uh, today, I think it was Android police. Uh, citing internal documents, I think said that the, we at least know what the code names are, uh, so which in, which suggests that there are going to be two models of Pixel phones, just uh, one called the Walleye, one called Muskie. 
Uh, and I did see some conversations like, oh, well, those those are all those are both fish. Does, does that mean that like that's uh, is that a way to decide that it's actually going to be waterproof? And yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like we, no, 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 no. All all Android phones I think have had code names that are fish. Like exactly. I remember there was a marlin, there was and, like sailfish. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really common thing. I, I love how people try and read the tea leaves in this stuff. They're like, yes, yes, definitely fish. And it's like if you don't know the history, it's like yeah, plausible. I mean. I have a feeling this is going to be waterproof anyway, just because that seems to be the industry standard for where phones are going. And it seems like if you've had two years to design something and it's not too much of a burden, you know, throw some some kind of like waterproofing on there. The, the last thing I want to say about the Pixel 2 is, I don't know for how many years now, I, I saw a hilarious comic drawn by Google, we'll put it in the show notes, where basically since 2013, Google has been going like, oh no, like unprecedented demand for a Nexus, don't worry, we'll fix it next year. We had no idea, shortages. And next year they're like, oh sorry, unprecedented demand, shortages. Every single year <laughs> that Google has released a Nexus yeah. or now a Pixel, there's been shortages. I, I don't have a lot of faith that they will, but I seriously, seriously hope that when the Pixel 2 comes out, they just go all out and they, you know, whack out like five or ten million of them just, just ready to go so that this problem doesn't exist anymore because it's yeah. been, yeah, four years now. That, yeah, that's embarrassing. It's it saved me from a couple of mistakes. I was going to buy uh, – I was going to buy a Nexus 6. The one was made by Motorola. But I couldn't get it in the side in the capacity I wanted, and by the time I could get it, the sort of magic had worn off. I realized that oh, okay, it's just a, it looks like it's been scaled up. It doesn't look like a proper big phone. Uh, and I was going to get a, a Nexus Six P, even though I already had a Five X. Ba- based on how much I loved my Five X, I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to put a little bit of extra money. I, didn't, I wasn't going to buy a new phone, but I've, now I think I'd like to have the extra the extra application RAM of the Six P. And again, I couldn't get it. And by the time they were available, now we're only six months away from the next Google phone. Yeah, that's that's super embarrassing, particularly because they made the. I think they made a point of saying that um, this isn't going to be like Nexus, which. Uh, it, if it was whether it was stated or unstated, Nexus was a little bit of a boutique experiment where developers would definitely want to get them. Uh, people who are savvy about Android would appreciate the benefits of a Nexus phone and would definitely want to get it. But it's not necessarily what some person would go into a mall phone store and go to ask for. But they were saying, backed by national ads, at least here in the United States, that we are promoting this on the same footing as a Nexus. Excuse me, as a uh, as a Galaxy device or as an iPhone. And it's just super embarrassing when you can't get the thing. You've got money in your hands. You just, you know, you don't even want to like unclench it just to, because you're, 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 you're just, as soon as you see somebody with a Pixel phone in their hand, you want to knock them over, shove the money into their mouths, grab their phone, and run away with it. And that's no good. That's no way to build brand loyalty. I mean, it, so if it, they, if, it is for the first two weeks of a launch, maybe, but after that, you've, you've got to feel the demand. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some people have said, um, "Oh, it's you know, it's constrained supply to build demand." I'm like, you don't constrain supply for six no. months. Like that's that's not good good marketing, like in any sense. Not not at the numbers that you're selling the the Pixel phones at. I mean, it's been a success by almost every measure, but it's not as though they would have hated to sell twice or three three times as many of them. I mean, Apple gets these sort of complaints too, and then the same sort of speculation that oh, I bet that they hold back supply because they want to make sure there's always pent up demand for it, and but they get they catch hell from it from uh, for from. 
stockholders at every shareholders meeting that why did he not? And, and the, their excuse is that we are selling so damn many of these things that we can't, there, there's, there are limits to how big a hole in the ozone layer we are willing to open up above <laughs> one part of China <laughs> because already we, there's a lot more daylight sneaking through there than we're, than we're morally <laughs> comfortable with. Uh, if we, if we, can't, we, can't have, we can't turn China into an all iPhone creation-based economy where <laughs> a version of like the, 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 the iPhone famine where there, there is no industry in China that's viable except for making iPhones. So they can't – every piece of land is being used for, uh, used for iPhone production instead of farming. There's, and so <laughs> – so, but that, that, that's a that's a good problem to have. But uh, they got to be able to make sure that people yeah. can buy these things. I'm hoping they've sat down long and hard and they've thought about. It. And I agree. The Nexus, uh, you know, it was always a bit understated, and that was the goal. But there are still ads for the Pixel, you know, here in Australia, especially on our major carrier like Telstra. You still see them on buses. You still th- see them on bus stops. <laughs> I'm like, if that's the plan going forward, and I think it's a good plan. You just need to make more of them. I know that's that's oversimplifying things a lot, but you'd hope you know someone in there is smart enough to figure that out. And I have to tell you, Andy, the other exciting thing about this show is still two sponsors, which is nice. Squarespace is our other sponsor for today. So this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter offer code Material at checkout to get ten percent off your first purchase. You can make your next move with Squarespace. That'll let you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Uh, you might want to create an online store. You might want to create a portfolio. You might want to make a blog. Uh, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades. It's all managed by them. They've got you covered. They have an award-winning 24-7 customer support team that's there to help you You know, if you get lost. Uh, they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name and choose from those award-winning templates that we were talking about before You know, to show off whatever your great idea is. So Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month. You can start a trial with no credit card just by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up and you're like, ooh, I want to take advantage of that 10% off my first purchase, you want to put in the offer code material. And we want to thank Squarespace for their support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. <laughs> Shoopa. Now, I I, uh, I have to admit that uh, I did uh, get the correction from that uh, from that listener about how you know tw- that the that the, those features you've been complaining that you don't have they are betas, and so uh, when I noticed that the keyboard <laughs> on my uh, on my f- uh, Nexus phone suddenly had some cool features I hadn't noticed before, I didn't automatically tweet out, "Hey, everybody, take a look at the new features." I had to make sure that I checked to make sure that they <laughs> that it was not possible that I just never noticed it had been released three weeks ago. Um, yeah, they just they. Just did a really cool update to Google Keyboard. Uh, Andy, which, Andy, um, Gboard. Yeah. yeah. It goes and, with and, the G and, Suite. And the Apple Watch is supposed to be called the, <laughs> called, the iWatch is supposed to be called the Apple Watch. I don't know why they call <laughs> it's the keyboard that's made by Google. and But they're trying to say, no, call it Gboard. <laughs> yeah. Power down before Gboard. Yes. I don't know if the, the kids think that's cool or something, but when I hear G Suite and G Board, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not on board with either of these names. Ugh. Well, but it, it is a really cool keyboard. Uh, one, th- they've added a few things. Now, I don't, I don't use emoji because I feel I'm, uh, I'm not an old elderly man. I'm not. A, I don't even think I'm an old man. But I feel like I feel so self conscious if I try to use emojis that I'm like, I feel like I'm like wearing, you know, like hip hop clothes or, or that I'm trying to. I'm, I'm listening to a band that clearly I don't even have the audio range to hear all the music and are. are, are, are even better when you see people my age 
uh, like at uh, at uh, in at TechCrunch, trying to pitch their pitch their projects, and uh, you're the person in their forties, but they're wearing a, a hoodie that's clearly been taken right out of the package, and they're wearing <laughs> and they're wearing uh, they're, they're wearing sweatpants and really cheap beach flip flops, and you can see that they cannot wait until this video is over so they can just dive back into the car and change into jeans and a cotton <laughs> shirt and something that. <laughs> So, but yes. Uh, so, uh, one of the things is that uh, you know, there's uh, we're all used to auto replace. Now we'll even suggest if it says, oh, "Let's get some pizza." It will. One of the suggestions as it's trying to complete pizza is, "Would you like the emoji of pizza?" And it, it has pretty much the, the whole gamut. Not only that, but it will suggest a suggest a GIF to to install as well. So I feel as though I'm about to like all my messaging <laughs> might look a little too like 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 uh, like like I suddenly show up with like jet black hair and eyebrows, and I don't have the I do not have the face of a man who naturally has jet black hair and eyebrows. So uh, you know, it doesn't make you use these things, but it's, they're there if you want to use them. Uh, and there, there have been times where I wanted to use emoji like on Twitter and I'm just four characters short and I don't want to do the editing. But if I change these words around and it also makes messaging more fun. So that's pretty cool. Andy, I have to say as someone who's a little bit further, you know, back on that spectrum, I'm just on the line where I can use them. You know, I'm familiar with GIFs. I'm familiar with emoji. I, I use them a lot. But Sometimes I've seen whole conversation threads where it's just like GIF, 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 GIF. You know, people have a 12 conversation thread of just, you know, GIFs with text underneath them. And that's the point where I have to admit like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit old for this. But I think having that built into the keyboard for when you need it is, I find that super useful. Like I don't I don't particularly use the type, the full word pizza and have it replaced by pizza. I have been yeah. searching for specific emojis. So that could save me some time there where I'm like, Right, I, I want an icon of a watermelon. I've got no idea what the watermelon is, so I just go to <laughs> right. search and I start typing water, and it's like, oh, there it is. Tap, cool. Um, yeah. The the gift search is useful as well, you know, for the very few times you know I want to drop one of those in. But <laughs> I think the coolest feature, as someone who speaks, you know, I, I speak one language well, and you know, probably three terribly, um, is the fact that you can now have Google Translate built right into the keyboard. So oh, yes. yeah, so if you're we we get this all the time. So people send us support requests in like Spanish or German or whatever, and I think they're smart enough to assume that we don't know their language and they don't know our language. But using Google Translate, we'll we'll get back to them. And having that actually built into a keyboard is super cool. Like even if you mm. just want to show off, you're like, I'm going to type a phrase yeah. and I'm going to say, Hey, translate to Spanish and send. Ah, look at that. I think oh, it's cool. Yeah, that. That really is a like a movie special effect sort of feature. I, I love it when there's a feature that makes me think I'm watching a movie in which, of course, they animated this because, oh, come on. no, oh, I, I, I've seen a lot of it. I know what technology is capable of. It can't just simply, as you type, translate something into Spanish or French. Come on. Uh, and oh man, what a satisfying feature that is! Uh, we uh, we saw that with uh, I think with the, that was one of the the, the one of the uh, spotlight features of like Google Wave that it could have these agents that are helping you as you type, and it could simultaneously translate as two people who don't speak the same language were talking to each other. But yeah, when you type and you just see it, you can see, you can almost see the translator. Uh, <laughs> you, you, if, you, if you've heard like simultaneous translation where the person is talking in a little bit of an Oh, for anyone that saw, pace you probably didn't see this, Andy, but the Nintendo Switch announcement, they had the most you know, out there sort of Japanese presentation you could imagine from a company from Japan. <laughs> it, was, it was perfectly on point. And then the translators that they chose, they were both doing that. And just by the fact that they were trying to keep up, it just sounded like the most unenthusiastic you know, presentation you've ever seen in English, whereas I'm sure the Japanese version was amazing. It was, yeah, such a funny contrast. 
Well, especially especially if you're of a certain age, I think I, I think that you're just too young to have this uh, as a child ingrained that when I hear the <laughs> voice close to the microphone with not much intonation and not normal pacing, it's usually saying something like, we steadfastly object to any American troops being placed <laughs> in Greenland. We will have the most dramatic response if, <laughs> you know. but yeah, that's you know I I have I have genuine I love the uh, I, one of the things I love about my job is that I'm not uh, I don't write about one thing I write I write about everything that really moves me and motivates me, and I really have genuine love for uh, Google when they make stuff like this, where it's unexpected, it works, it is patently useful. I mean, just even just think about uh, generations of uh, of immigrants, where you have you can have a household in which, you know, the children don't speak the same language as the grandparents, where they have a little bit of English in common, but you're talking you have a generation that speaks English fluently and has a little Spanish or German, and someone who speaks <laughs> Spanish fluently has a little bit of English, and just the ability to <laughs> maybe maybe the first time you can say that oh isn't that horrible they're two people in the living. Room, they're both they're they're not talking to each other they're just on their phones like no 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 nana is telling about the story about how they about they they used to plant a garden when they, she was a little child and maybe when it gets spring again that they can they can turn a pot of land in the backyard into a, a garden for them as well and oh goodness i just i just love that sort of stuff i'm, I'm trying this i'm disappointed Sorry, Andy. Go ahead. I'm okay. trying this live right now. I'm sending a message to Yasmin. <laughs> I don't know if Yasmin actually speaks Spanish. I assume she understands it. So I'm just, I really, truly, as I'm typing, hey, Yasmin, the first episode went really well. It puts up the top, el primer episodio fue realmente bien. I'm just going to send that and see if Yasmin <laughs> understands what we're talking about. That It literally happens in real time. It's amazing. I, yeah. I love it, Andy. Sorry, I interrupted oh. you, but. No, 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 no. I, I was just, I was just going to be burbling, all enthused. Uh, it's, a, it's the sort of feature that even makes me more upset with other companies when it's like, oh, good, you're coming out with a new color watch band. That, <laughs> th- that's, that's nice too. I, I don't love any of my kids more. Th- I love Apple the way that I love Apple, and I love, <laughs> but, but just, just like you could see in your parents' eyes that I make, I'm praising Andy for the big hole that he dug in the backyard. <laughs> because I just realized I spent 10 minutes congratulating his slightly older sister on becoming a National Merit Scholar. <laughs> and just to, less exciting but still cool features. Now you can introduce themes. So if you want a dark theme or colorful theme. Uh, and it's easy now to switch between voice typing and, uh, and manual typing. I know that there are times when I just don't want to... Sp- I can say this word faster than I can type and then correct it. So it's easy to dip in and out. So really, really great update all the way around. Yeah, and then to your point, Andy, like I can imagine if you're on the Apple side of the fence, as I, I know we, we refer to this maybe too often, but this is where Google really shines. Is they've they've got Google Translate. Yep. It's the service is just coming along in leaps and bounds. You know, when it first started, it was very rudimentary. It was literally like a dictionary sort of translation. You're like, it's useful. I can maybe figure out what someone's saying if I study this a lot. But these days, with things like that, just real time translation, that's that's something that Google has a real sort of advantage in. I think that's something they should keep pushing. Like if it's useful. And it's something they do really well. Then why not, you know, hit a home run with it, yeah. keep going. 
that that'd be a hell of a commercial. Just all this, not not in this in the year in the year twenty twenty, we will have evolved to. <laughs> it's no, it's literally I'm typing, it's, it's translating, or I am a, t- a tourist in a city. I'm holding up the phone, and in front of my eyes, Mandarin words are being are changing into English words. That again is. You know, I, I uh, there are hundred reasons that are uh, that I'm grateful to be alive in the 21st century. Before that, like again, I did not die in childbirth, uh, did not die of measles, rumps, uh, mumps, rubella, or rickets before age three. Did not have to work in a mine when I was seven. All this sort of stuff. I'm saying these are better things than this. But oh goodness, you're you're you you love knowing that I I live in a modern modern time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the the last story we have in our show here, Andy, we should probably wrap things up because yeah. I, I can imagine that Yasmin's at least going to listen to the next few, and she'll get super angry if we go long. You know, we can go long in the in the future if we want to. So I don't know if you you're not the this. boss of us anymore. You use me. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can press stop you, and stuff. Uh, I guess, you, you 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 threw away the opportunity <laughs> to control our lives when you walked away from us. <laughs> the, the I'm, last... fine. I'm fine. I'm <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm crying because I was thinking of someone else I love dearly that I don't get to talk to once a week anymore. Not Yasmin was the only one who walked out on me. I have that kind of personality that drives people away. Also, I'm cutting onions. What are you going to do about it? This is what onions do. It's uncontrollable. It's just human things. So I don't know if you tried this, Andy. I, I gave it a shot. Uh, the My Android Taste Test designs a home screen for you and actually does way more than that so it's i don't know some google initiative to be like hey look android is customizable and this is really cool so i went through the process it asked me a whole bunch of questions it said you know do you prefer this or do you prefer that do you prefer this do you prefer what well, was really weird it's like is this a picture of hot dogs or legs i'm like is this like <laughs> a some kind of joke I don't, I don't know i think it's hot dogs so at the end of it it says hey you know based on the fact that you told us you know you're a little bit technical and you're an android enthusiast here's a launcher that we recommend for you and it's a launcher i'd never heard of um here is an icon pack we recommend for you and for me it was this one with all these really thin lines i think it thought i was stylish or something i'm like yes i am <laughs> stylish thank you google and it recommended me a wallpaper as well and the cool thing was is that the wallpaper was available you know to instantly download and it actually was was quite nice i wasn't super game to install a custom launcher i'm like i like android but i'm not sure i want an icon pack and a launcher like that seems a bit too Maybe far for me, but mm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. Did you give it a shot? I did, uh, and I guess remember we were talking about how uh, with the new capture and stuff like that, it can it just knows who you are from how you've been using this computer, and it didn't even ask me any questions. It knew that here is the the greatest uh, home screen I could have. Um, it's two brackets and then the text <laughs> ctrl dot content dot headline. Then under that, uh, two brackets, ctrl.content.description, close brackets, and then a purple button that says bracket bracket control.content.cta. I think I love it. it. I'm putting this. I'm putting this right on. <laughs> you got you got to love Google though. As as it's definitely some the web app definitely screwed up somewhere. Maybe it doesn't like the hotel Wi-Fi or whatever. But even when it's just uh, it's just blurting out placeholders it's a really beautifully <laughs> it's beautifully current there's like a, a little animated sort of like cell mitosis thing going on in the background i i can't be a hundred percent disappointed in this I, i'm a little bit disappointed but i i was I, I was actually when i heard about this um i was kind of trying to figure out is this part of a new advertising campaign um it's it's nice it's nice that i can uh it can show me, well, here's maybe – you, you get – with any platform, uh, desktops, phones, whether it's an iPhone or whatever, you do get sort of in a sense of complacency where 
uh, you've got it set up where it's familiar and it works, but maybe it's been eight or nine months since you've looked, even looked at other launchers and you don't know what's come out recently. And it's been, you don't realize that my, how I, how I use my home screen has changed, but I haven't changed my home screen. Uh, it's kind of nice to have this little, uh, to have an app that will uh, kick over your anthills in a safe way. So, well, here's what we're just going to, we're not going to say that this is what you should be doing, but here is something that's possible. And here is based on your questions, what you like and dislike. I've, I've been reading, I've been seeing other people uh, show how it works. And the, I, I, I understand the first questions are a little bit ridiculous, but it kind of gets closer and closer to specific pointed uh, questions as things go on, which makes me think that what do they, the thing is, I know that Google, I know that Andy is a baseball fan. I know he's always looking at Red Sox games, but does that mean he's a fan of baseball in general or Boston sports or the Red Sox specifically? I know if I ask him, do you like cast iron pans or do you like (laughs) window shades? And then ask him, who's your favorite of the three stooges? Bugs Bunny or a hat that will let us figure out this question about the Red Sox. Yeah, it's like you've taken an episode again, of House MD, you've combined it with Monk, you've <laughs> thrown a bit of like a Columbo in there, and I think by the end of it, Andy, they've got you totally pegged. But I think I've been talking to a lot of people at Google. This doesn't come from one particular person, but the impression I get is since the launch of the Pixel, there is a huge focus inside of that company for how can we promote the fact that Android is is both different and better because of its difference. Yeah. I think they they feel internally as if they've sort of hidden that back a little bit. You know, when Samsung was at the forefront and LG was at the forefront and Motorola was at the forefront, it was fine for those companies to shine and sort of be, I guess, the Android ambassadors. But I think Google kind of feels like it's on them now to, to push that really hard. And we've seen that you know, in a lot of places, we've seen that in the designer relations team, which funnily enough, Yasmin has now joined, you know, they're expanding, they're, they're trying to push that side of things more. Even little campaigns like this, I think it's the same kind of thread, you know, inside Google, they feel that they really want to promote Android as a brand, they really want to promote that Android is different to, to other brands. And any little way they can do that they I think they're hoping that as much of this stuff they can get out, it all adds up to, you know, uh, I guess an increase in public awareness that when people go to buy their next phone, it's not just the default choice. It's not like, well, I've always bought a Samsung or I've always bought an iPhone or, you know, I always bought a Windows phone. I, I know there's three of you out there, you know, hi, hi to you. Always. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody has bought two Windows phones back to back. Oh, Andy. But I know what you're Andy, talking about. You, you do, there are people on the internet who have, believe me, I've heard oh, from yeah. them. But um, I, I think that's what it's all about. And I think that's where this sort of drive comes from. And I wouldn't be surprised if over the next, you know, six months to a year, we see a lot more of this stuff coming from Google. And I think... As long as I can keep the messaging right, I think it's it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, it's something that I couldn't imagine myself saying based on observation uh, six or seven <laughs> years ago. That Google, it really is one of the most expressively joyful tech companies out there, where there's a sense of professionalism and thought and good engineering and good ideas, but also a sense of joy uh, that's expressed throughout, uh, particularly the Android platform. Where just there's going to be if there's a birthday, there won't be like an emoji of a birthday cake. There will be a little like panel that has a nice uh, house style cartoon, but still colorful and fun. 
uh, that there's going the Google Doodles that we're gonna let's we don't have to put it in the Google Search app on a phone, but let's put it everywhere. If we if we, if we spend a whole lot, if our people spend a whole lot of time doing an animation of little kids like throwing throwing powder uh, because of what's what's the Indian holiday they're celebrating today? I I, I know about it. I, I know about non Western culture because of Google Doodles and seeing oh why they're doing oh that's right that's the thing I saw on the Amazing Race a couple years ago. Uh, like well let let's make sure that everyone can see it, and that's why I just enjoy using using my android phone i i hope that i hope that apple i still am a big fan of apple but i wish that they would find their groove again find their sense of whimsy and joy because uh, I, i'm using a uh, the, one of the new uh, the latest macbooks that i'm going to be reviewing soon i've been using it nonstop for three or four weeks and it's like oh, there is nothing fun about this thing it is gray it is unvariegated there is no color here it's really is the a prop that the the people the, the 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 soulless workers in the original 1984 commercial dressed in gray rags watching a gray television they would be holding this gray rectangular slab and this would be their computer it made me think back to uh the premium uh, the first wasn't that, wasn't the uh, pixel chromebook the first thing they made that had the pixel name on it or was it the second i think it was the first i reckon it might have been the first it was definitely the first one i reckon with those leds on the back like yeah and that, yeah that's what i'm talking about where it too was a it's, it's there's a difference between saying let's make it a, a gray metal square and there's a difference between saying we're going to make it gray metal so that when you have this tiny strip this razor thin line of rainbow leds it's like you woke up super early, just early enough to see the sun just starting to rise and that little line of golden <laughs> sunset. It it made me it really made me happy every time I used that thing. And I just so like so that it would be amazing that given that Google used to be only known as the Hydra like company that wants to get as much information about you as possible because they're an advertising company, and the last the uh, just uh, like uh, not even not even uh, engineering nerds but academic nerds like that would never never know how wouldn't know how to dance and wouldn't know how to ask someone to dance. Now they are the they are the artists. They're the ones that want to try to make my life. Uh, colorful and happy, and I'm really, really glad about it. But I, I'm looking forward to when I no longer see control.content.headline <laughs> <laughs> because I, I would I would like to pep up. I, I, it's, it's weird. Maybe I, you I, answered I was, wrong, Andy. It's like, mm, uh, maybe, no. Yeah, it's a, no, no one else has selected these choices. We, we have the whole algorithm figured out, and this is the one, you know, in programming, you always have this, like, comment. You should never be able to get here, and invariably someone does end up getting here. I think I think you got there, Andy. Yeah, so it's, it's maybe I'm the Charlie Brown of this group, you know, where they, they go trick or treating. I got a candy bar. I got a popcorn ball. I got an apple. Apple. I got a rock. So, Andy, this is a perfect time to wrap up your show. Your microphones just started to do the the USB interferency type thing as well. I don't know if you want to unplug it and replug it while I'm talking, um, but. I will say we have to figure out some way to close out this show. You know, normally Yasmin's here to do that for us. She's not here this week, so we we still do have to ask things like, Andy, where can people find you on the internet? Probably soused in my sorrows and alcohol, 
wondering if Yasmin is going to come back. Maybe she's going to become such a superstar. I'm going to put a past her to become such a superstar at Google so quickly that it becomes, well, we, we're, we're not going to double your salary. We can only give you a 50% raise. But is there anything request that we can grant? <laughs> no matter how hard it makes work here at Google. And she says, yes, not only do I want to con- go back to material, I also want you to build me in the, in the, in the new office and the new architecturally uh, significant Googleplex you're building, I want out of my own podcast studio, my own material podcast studio. And I do want Please to say, yes, I mean, we, we are very loyal to Relay FM. I love Stephen and Mike and all the people here. But if Google should want to acquire this podcast, you know, I'm not, I'm not against it. We can, we can do a Google-sponsored podcast. It's fine. Then we, the only sponsor every week would be Google, and this episode <laughs> is brought to you by Google. And because they're amazing, that could be the entire ad read. <laughs> you can find me at <laughs> Rusty Shelf on Twitter. You know, if, if you want to make us off as Yasmin, you know where we are. Uh, you can find our show at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can find us at materialpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. And as always, or for now at least, Relay FM slash material if you want to see the show notes and you want to see, you know, previous episodes and you want to read all the interesting links and sort of things you can find. That's that's where it is. And Andy, I've got no idea how to close out this show, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave that to you. Well, Yasmin had her catchphrase, and I think that that should be retired with her because I don't think anybody could deliver it with like her. And so I will simply say thank you for listening this week. Hope you listen the next time. Till then, all else is immaterial.